This is Mike Galaxy. Welcome back to another installment of Verse Chorus Noise. On this installment, we take a spin with No Dice, the second studio album by the British band Badfinger. Third studio album if you include their first release under their earlier name, The Ivies. The album was recorded at the famed Abbey Road Studios during the spring of 1970 and released later that year in November. Produced by the late Jeff Emmerich, the man behind the controls of Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's, Abbey Road, and McCartney's Band on the Run albums, all of which earned him Grammys. Former Beatles assistant Mal Evans, who discovered Badfinger, is also credited with producing tracks on this album. No Dice features the hits No Matter What and Without You, both of which became the band's most successful singles. While the album peaked at number 28 on the Billboard charts, their single No Matter What climbed all the way to number 8. Although their single Without You didn't chart, Harry Nelson would take his rendition all the way to number one, and it became a hit once again by Mariah Carey in 1994. Without You is Badfinger's top-earning song to this day. No Dice is the first album to feature guitarist Joey Molland. I recently caught up with Joey. I first met Badfinger uh, through a friend of mine, Billy Kinsley. Uh, he'd heard about the, uh, the bass player leaving the Ivies, as they were called at the time. Uh, and they, Tommy, the, the guitar player in the band, decided he was going to play bass. And um, so they started looking for a guitar player. And also they were looking for somebody who played a bit of rock and roll music. Uh, they wanted to get back to being a rock and roll band like they'd been in Swansea when they were young. So they got in touch with me through Billy and asked if I'd come down and audition. Um, they were working with the Beatles and signed to Apple Records at the time, which was quite an attractive proposition, you know what I mean? So I uh, went down to see them and auditioned, played a couple of songs, and uh, it was all good. So the next thing you know, uh, we're rehearsing songs and getting ready to go in and record. They'd already recorded the Come and Get, Get It song before Ron left the band, so that was already in the can. But we needed more songs for the record. Uh, and the first thing we did was no matter what. We did it over at a small studio in London, I think Delane Lee it was called. No Dice was done, uh, recording-wise, was done predominantly at Abbey Road Studios. Uh, we were working with Mal and uh, Mal Evans, and uh, Jeff Emmerich was the engineer. We worked in the big studio, I'm sure you've all seen it in, uh, in Beatle films and stuff, with the stairs going down the side there, and the, the actual control room was up in the air, about 30 feet above us. So anyway, they allowed us to set up as a band, um, you know, in a, a regular stage lineup, and then they just they just screened us off. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we pretty relaxed. They treated us like we were already famous or something, and we weren't. We were just a kind of little band. Um, so it was all very comfy. Without you, uh, we actually put together in the studio, it was two songs, and uh, we joined them together, a little bit of guitar. The first song was actually No Matter What. Peter had written it recently. Great little tune, we thought. We played it pretty good. And, and we, we gave it to Apple. They weren't really impressed, I don't think. And they had us, uh, you know, record more and more songs. We did over oh, uh, the No Matter What song. You know, we didn't really think it was... Uh, kind of a hit song or anything. We just recorded it. We thought it was a good song, good little number. 
And the same with, with without you. We we put that together in the studio, recorded it, and forgot all about it. It wasn't until Harry Nielsen recorded it that it turned out to be a big hit song, a huge song, won the song of the year in England. Harry came in and uh, and he said, are you guys Badfinger? And we said, yeah. And he he said, well, my name's Harry Nielsen. He introduced himself. And he said, I wonder if you'd do us a favor. We've been mixing a song for several hours down the hall here. And they're, you know, kind of tired. We wonder if you come and have a listen and tell us what you think of the mix. We went down there anyway with Harry. He asked Mr. Perry. He asked him to play the mix. This is Badfinger, he said. Uh, playing the mix of the song, and he and he pressed play, and of course, without you started this enormous version with Harry singing a great vocal and you know all sorts of stuff. It was beautiful. We were stunned, you know. Wow! And our manager, Bill Collins, who was our our personal manager, he said, "I told you, I told you about this song," and he did. He'd been telling us that we should have done a big version of it and we should record it with an orchestra and everything. And Pete would shout at him. Pete would tell him, no, 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 we're not that kind of band. We're a rock and roll band. We don't do that kind of thing. So so we never did it. Anyway, it went on to become a classic and a standard, as you know. I really enjoyed Better Days. Uh, uh, I still love it today. And it, it turned into a great stage song as well. Anyway, so I wrote that one and then I wrote I Don't Mind. Uh, I don't mind I wrote in my bedroom in Park Avenue. And it was just a beautiful day and the windows were open and I could hear ding dong, ding dong. I could actually hear the birds singing and all that. So it was all kind of factual, if you like. You can show me what I can find. We'd all been into rock and roll. Like I got into rock and roll in, in, in the late 50s, 1958. And so I'd been raised up through that. And the Tamla Motown, uh, Eddie Holland, the Stax label, Sam and Dave, the, the real meaty stuff, Martha and the Vandellas, as against the Supremes. Uh, we all liked uh, good grooves, tremendous grooves. Uh, we weren't uh, so much big pop music fans. I mean, you know, the, the hit song syndrome. Uh, and at, at the time, music was changing uh, into that kind of more serious uh, song. Uh, so we wanted to incorporate that into it, into our music. Uh, and I think we did quite successfully. Believe me, if I wanted... You know, uh, All Things Must Pass came about, I guess, George... I'd become aware of the band uh, after, when they changed the name of Badfinger and Come and Get It came out, and then no matter what was it, was a hit that year. One day, just, they just called us and asked us, would we bring our acoustics uh, down to Abbey Road? And George was recording a new record, and he wanted Badfinger to come and play some acoustics with him. We were, we were stunned, you know what I mean? Uh, but we went down there, Mike True actually came, and because uh, there was no way he was not going to come to a George Addison session. So we went down there and there was George and Ringo, uh, Eric Clapton was there, Klaus Foreman playing bass, Billy Preston uh, on keyboards, and Alan White was over there fooling around with this huge 
uh, Moog synthesizer, which would just come out. And they built this big blue box out of plywood, the engineers at Abbey Road. And we climbed in the box with our acoustics. And they shut the doors on us and uh, put a couple of mics over the doors, you know. And that was to screen us from the rest of the musicians because we were all playing together. And then uh, George came over and he was really nice, super friendly. It was the first time I'd uh, been anywhere around a, a Beatle in close proximity, you know, with them. I'm going, this is in my mind, this is a Beatle. George Harrison, you know, one of the great guitar players. Wow, fantastic. And he starts talking to us, very mellow, uh, Spectre's producing, Phil Spectre. And uh, I mean, just incredible why he wanted us there and what he wanted us to do. And he was looking for a big, full acoustic sound. Uh, and so Tommy and Pete and I would play acoustics. Mike could go over with Ringo and play some tambourine or some rackers, you know. Every time we, we did a new song, he'd come over and sit with us and we'd play it and learn it. And he always had his songs arranged, you know. They were always complete and the arrangement would be definite. And so he'd learn it pretty quick. We played all the same clubs, grew up in Liverpool, heard the radio in Liverpool, knew all, you know, we knew all the old songs that he knew. You know, the Carl Perkins, Chuck Berry, Elvis, you know, all of those things. We knew them. And so we knew the form of his songs, you know, because you write where you come from. It was very exciting to, you know, Eric Clapton would be there practicing his slide, uh, working like my sweet lord up. You know, that's us playing the guitars, right? And to see him doing that day, and he was there every day. They were great, uh, great pals. George had a lot of admiration for Eric. And, you know, Eric was constantly turning George on to things about the guitar that George had never thought of. There was all, these, all the great camaraderie of it. Billy Preston uh, would make you feel good just by smiling at you. You know, he had the big 100-watt smile, they call it. And man, could he play the piano. Wow, could he play it. John's driver called us up and he said, uh, hey, uh, yeah, John Lennon, yeah. Uh, John was recording tonight and he wondered if you guys would... Uh, you know, grab your guitars and come on down there. He'd like to have some extra acoustics. And uh, he also had Spectre producing. This was the, he was doing the Imagine album. And of course, you know, going down to George, John, he'd come down to his house and record in his house. So uh, we said, of course, we'd do it. And only Tommy and I were there. It was really the height for me. I've got a new album out. Right now, this is what I'm doing now. Uh, got a new album that's called Be True to Yourself, uh, produced by Mark Hudson, uh, who did all those Ringo records and the Aerosmith and Ozzy Osbourne, all those people, Grammy winner. It was a great treat to do it. It really was a treat. Um, Julian Lennon came and sang on it. Mickey Dolenz came and sang with me. Jason Sheff from Chicago. Steve Holly played drums for me. Uh, you know, Steve from the Wings Band, Paul McCartney. Just incredible players from New York City and Los Angeles. Uh, the records come out on October 16th. Great reviews all over the world. It's really very exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. No matter where you go, And that concludes this installment of Verse Chorus Noise. We hope you'll go and download Bad Fingers No Dice, as well as Joey Mullen's latest release, Be True to Yourself. 
Thanks much, man. Appreciate it.